You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. 2023 entering our fifth season here in Socks in the Basement. This thing started back in 2018. It's 2023. My quick math says five years. Officially, I think, in May. We're also going to have our 500th episode at some point this season. Maybe we will celebrate that in front of a live crowd at Cork and Carry at the park. The official sponsors of Socks in the Ooh. Basement. Back in the fold again. And I'm excited yes. about that. I, I gotta, I gotta right. be honest with you. Yeah, me too. I, I touched on it a little bit on the last episode, but I, I'm pumped about that. Nothing to me is more White Sox, more that neighborhood, uh, more fan orientated. If I could find one place that just really brings it all together for me, it's the it's the Cork and Carry at the park, the location that's there in the shadow of the ballpark at 33rd and Princeton. What says uh, uh, you know your best ballpark experience going to a White Sox game? Then going over to Cork and Carry at the park, either before or after the game, enjoying the game for whatever whatever they put on the field, and you know, but, but having that neighborhood to hang out where you walk in and everyone is there for kind of the same reason, right? We're all it's a sense of community more so than even sometimes what you get in the ballpark where, uh, you know, I, I've never had anybody throw their garbage at me at Cork and Carry at the park. I have had somebody do that at the ballpark proper uh, because she was drunk and thought I threw something at her, which I hadn't because my hands were full at the time. And the only thing to throw with would have been like one of my feet or my teeth. And I'm just not that talented. Look, I was going to keep talking about our new sponsor, but now I got to hear about this. Somebody threw garbage at you at the ballpark. When did this happen? I'm on the outfield concourse and I'm walking with my brother-in-law. We had just stopped to get food for like the everybody, like the entire row. And so we're, we're both carrying this stuff. And I stopped by a garbage can for one second. I just had to readjust. I, I, I don't have the best hands in the world, right? Everybody's done that. Everybody's taken their stuff and put it on top of the garbage can real quick because they're dropping something. It's like almost like that, that like, oh, good. It's a, it's a halfway point when I'm juggling. Things. Exactly. I've done it. And we've all done it. So I'm trying not to have a nacho incident or something like that. So I'm doing it. And all of a sudden, something hits me and it's a beer cup and, and it was empty. And I'm like, what the f***? And I look over and Why there's... <laughs> Let me do that again because I, I I didn't mean to swear there. No 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 no. Um, we'll just bleep it. Keep going. So I, and and it's it was empty. So I, I'm like, what what the hell was that? So I look over and there's these two women sloshed out of their minds and and basically you know like calling me out for not being a man because I threw something at them. <laughs> And I'm sitting there, I'm like, literally, I'm, I'm overloaded with stuff. I'm like, what could I have thrown at you? <laughs> it's like, I don't even, I'm like, what the, f- go away. Listen, like, listen, <laughs> the best part about this is nothing, nothing about what I said leading into that story should have triggered you into this story. And it happened easily. Even if it happened last season, did it happen last season? No, this is years ago. So this happened years ago. I don't mention anything that should have led you in any way to this story this is like like is this like a breakthrough for you 
Were you like, were you sitting down trying to work on your own interpersonal self for the new year? And because you were working on your, your interpersonal self, you, the, these old memories, these frustrations, these angers are coming out. This is like the new Ed for 2023. No, this isn't like some new year's resolution breakthrough. I just, I just rather spend time at, at Cork and Carry at the park sometimes okay. than I would on the outfield concourse okay. with drunk women who think that I'm an octopus. All right. <laughs> Can I get back to just like the quick mention that like if you're if you're gonna go to Cork and Carry at the park, it's great people watching. It's a who's who of people that are, uh, you know, uh, in the White Sox universe. I, we bump into beat reporters over there. We bump into we bump into other podcasters over there. We 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 see great fans over there. It's your home base for White Sox pregame, postgame, and viewing parties. Cork and Carry at the park uh, in the shadow of the ballpark at thirty third in Princeton. All right, uh, well, can I get a warning buzzer? Or something before you just spew something that's been bothering you for years on the show? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, that, that's fine. I, I will uh, I apologize for my vulgarity. Uh, <laughs> we had to use the bleep button. We, how often do we have to do that? Like, if, if we have one of the members of the 108 on, I got to use a bleep button. I've never had to use it for you, my friend. I rarely do that. I, I don't know where it came from. So, yeah, maybe it is some long standing painful <laughs> memory that I needed to purge or something right. like that. But it's, All right. we want to talk about new year's resolutions. And I think this is probably the best time now, for the yeah, white okay. Sox, though, not for us. I, I don't believe in that stuff. I'm not going to promise to go to the gym. Cause I'm not going to show up. I'm going to do this less and do this more. Never just doesn't work. It's impossible to coming out of the holidays because you've you've basically gone and done all of your vices over the last like week and a half. Right. You eat too much. You drink too much. You party too much. You're up too late. You walk around your pajamas. You stop exercising. And then you're going to all of a sudden like flip all that around on January 1st. It never works. But the White Sox. That's not how it works. The White Sox have some time here. So they 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 have time to make reasonable resolutions for this year. Do you have something? for the Chicago White Sox that you would like to see from them in the 2023 season? Yeah, well, you know, two of them, I think, are, are kind of the normal resolutions for people, like losing weight and, and stop smoking, uh, you know, because <laughs> losing weight would be like getting rid of some of the fatty contracts that they, they need to get rid of, like Larry. You know what's crazy is if they were a professional, if they were a real organization, they'd just look over that $5.5 million this year or next year and DFA it and move on. Right. Exactly. Like, like class organizations just get rid Jake of that Deakman, money. Bye bye. Right. You right. know, they just... admit fault. And they move on from something like that. They don't want to clog up your infield. You know, I mean, like, what no. is it? What does it take? Do you think? Do you think that he needs to show up? You think Garcia has to show up in spring training and play terrible? And then they go, OK, well, we wanted to just see what he'd be like with a new manager. Like, do they really think that that makes a difference at this age? Honestly, this stage I, I think his the thing that Garcia needs to do to get DFA is come on this show. Well, yeah, that would get him DFA'd. Yeah, I mean that that would do it right then and there. But no, I don't. I don't know that there's anything that he can do on the field to cause him to to lose his spot necessarily, unless it got to a point where he was. I mean, it, it, you think about the depths that Dallas Keuchel had to go to, right? How bad did Dallas Keuchel have to be before they they jettisoned that contract before they they DFA'd him? Larry would have to be some kind of useless. I mean, it, it would it would have to be something. But he already is. I, I'm, that's what's funny about it. Like the amount of money that they would eat moving on from him is going to be the same as if they move as when they moved on from Keiko. So, I mean, like, it's weird to me. Like, I feel like that it's like, maybe they're just trying to dump that contract. Maybe their idea is like, if we can find a good deal and we could dump that off in the exchange, then we don't have as much egg on our face. Cause we've talked about that before here on the show. I mean, look at, 
Like, I want a GM to be heartless. Same here. Rick Hahn is not a heartless GM. Kenny Williams, for all of his faults that I've talked about on the show, not really heartless because there's something that they they get an emotional attachment or they have an attachment where they're afraid that people will make fun of the move, right? So they, they chase bad money. They're like a gambler that loses a grand in the sports book and then knowing nothing about the next matchup goes up there and tries to win it back by just throwing a dart at the board because they can't just admit they screwed up on the first bet and lost $1,000. So it, it's perfect with the, you, you draft Nick Mandrigal. He doesn't turn out to be exactly what you want him to be. He ends up being injured, but fans like him. You make a move, you bring in Craig Kimbrell. On paper, it makes sense at the time, but it fails. You can just eat a million dollars and take that money and go after anybody you want to in free agency, but you insist upon making a trade. And then when you acquire Pollock, of course it makes sense to bring Pollock in, right? But then when you bring him in, the manager doesn't use him the way that he is intended. Therefore, it doesn't work out the way that it should have worked out and you're still chasing Pollock. And then AJ Pollock has to do you a favor and opt out or you'd still be sitting there with that string, that mess that you couldn't admit that you made a mistake on. And and that's what generally happens with this team. Like, like I think anybody coming in and looking at this team heartlessly, just looking at with the pros and the cons and what you can, what you have to eat, like you got to eat Moncada. You got too much money on him. You got to fix him. But for Garcia, like, even if you did fix him, a fixed Garcia is not something that's really going to change your prospects for winning and losing a World Series. So if you just want, if you have these younger guys and you think they're capable and they show they're capable in spring training, Lennon Sosa looks good in spring training, right? You know, uh, uh, Roman Gonzalez looks good in spring training. You've got, you've got, you've got guys that are out there that are playing so well that you don't really need to keep him. And Garcia's, you know, he's going to look okay in spring training, okay? Because you're going to get a lot of crappy pitchers that he's going to get to look good against. It's not going to be the major leagues when he's out there in spring training. If you see these younger guys and you think that you can go in that direction, even if you start the season with them, a bad start, you got to be able to move on from that. And, and that's the thing that I think most teams would do. And this team always waits a long time to pull that trigger. Like, like how many times over the last couple of years here on Stocks in the Basement, if we made a, if we made a comment like, this guy's got to go, Dallas Keuchel's got to go, this other guy here, he's got to go. This isn't the right player right here. I think every, and we're not the only one saying it, all the fan base is saying it. And the team waits two extra months, right? Everybody knew Tony LaRusso was done. He was never going to leave. He was going to get to finish out the season. Only a medical issue gave the White Sox a glimpse of what it would be like with a different guy at the helm. And so that's one of the more maddening things about the franchise is that you can look at a player or you can look at a manager or you can look at something they're doing and say, this isn't the right way to do things. They need to change. And everybody can see it and they won't admit it. They wait two months and then they admit it. They don't prove us wrong. They just can't admit that we're right. Yeah, it's a little bit of, I mean, there's two things there. One is being able to admit when there's when there's fat to trim off your roster or off your coaching staff or whatever. When something isn't working, jettison it. Get rid of it, move on, find something else. Even if you're not sure it's going to be something that on paper should be better, trying something new is better than sticking with the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. And then the other part of it is is that self-awareness. Just sit there and be like, okay, we we can make a mistake. Okay. I can admit that I made a mistake here that, you know, even the Craig Kimbrell thing, if Rick had just come out and said, well, that didn't work the way I, I thought it was going to work. So we're just going to move on here. 
and and see what happens next. And we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna take our lumps and go on and try and win a championship. I I don't think any any Sox fans would have would have sat there and batted an eye, right? But when it comes to stuff like that and and the awareness of Tony Larusa is not working out, the idea that you know we we have players like Larry Garcia, Yon Moncada, to a certain extent, Yasmani Grandal. To a certain extent, you know, AJ Pollock was maybe you know in that camp before he he opted out. Uh, you know, you could start looking at Joe Kelly, guys like that. You know, you got these contracts. You're sitting there going, I'm not really sure about these guys. Having the awareness and having the self awareness to sit there and go, all right, this is what I need to do. Okay, and, and we, you know, and I think frankly, when you talk about New Year's resolutions, the cliched ones of I'm going to work out more, I'm going to drink less, I'm going to smoke less, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a little bit nicer to to animals and waiters or something like that. Whatever it is that you say you're going to do. The whole point of it is just sitting there saying, I got to look and see where I'm flawed and I got to see if there's a way I can fix it. And that's what we're asking the White Sox to do. It's just like any other team, be a little heartless with yourself, look at the flaws and then say, hey, you know what? I can fix this or hell, I can't fix it, but uh, I can try and work around it and and at least be able to admit when something isn't working, but there's nothing you can do about it. Even that is is a little bit more, I think, what most fans would respect than than what sometimes we get. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm really concerned now about how you've been treating animals and waiters. And if you've got a family member that needs to switch to a new age of life, High at Home Medical Equipment can help you out with that. Grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, maybe even you. You know, you're getting getting old over there. You got a lot of problems. We heard it at the beginning of the show. Uh, They can set up your house like a smart home. What's that you say? Can open and close doors. We're trifle deep over here. With the touch of a, a button on an app, uh, you know they'll they'll set up lifts to get you up and down the stairs. And then also, if you, you got sleep apnea, they got the latest in CPAP technology. Uh, they've got oxygen tanks if you want to keep a spare, so you're not lugging it back and forth uh, and and always refilling it. If you have somebody that needs oxygen, they got the latest in diabetes control and so much more. They're going to work with your insurance, and if you mention socks in the basement, you get additional money off. See all they have to offer at hhme.com. But better yet, stop it and speak to an actual person in a big, beautiful, modern showroom with testing rooms for some of this equipment at 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. My resolution for the White Sox is very simple. Be a smarter baseball team. It's the one thing that matters more to me than numbers, than trying to figure out a guy's defensive metrics, than wondering whether or not we're going to hit more home runs this year. Can we just have a few moments in 2023 where there's a there's a Twitter trend going along or a video being passed around or a sports center highlight or whatever it is, however you consume like things that are going on all around Major League Baseball. And it actually features the White Sox. It features like a play in which the base runner does something smart to allow for the other runner to score or the the player on the field in a weird broken play realizes he's supposed to charge the opposing player and it turns into a double or triple play because somebody used their baseball acumen and was smart about things or somebody gets up there and understands situationally it's time to lay down the bunt even though they're not really a they're not a bunter they're more of a power hitter but the, it's just the way that things are set up they see the third baseman sleeping anything like that I want to see a smart baseball moment a couple times this year. I want to see something that indicates to me that the new coaching staff and Daryl Boston 
have, have done something, right? Like that, 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 that there's some new attitude on the team and that they're going to make good decisions, that the manager is going to make a move and actually outsmart the other guy in the other dugout, which is something we have not seen on this team in quite some time. That's what I want for 2023. If we see that, they'll be a good team. That and Luis Robert doing really well because I, he's the linchpin to the entire season. He, he needs to be healthy and be him and, and what he's supposed to be. And you're going to see this team go far. That and Tim Anderson being healthy as well because he he's also the engine that makes the car go. But I'm looking at I'm looking at Luis Robert and I'm looking at smart smart baseball plays. If I see that, I guarantee you this is a playoff team. Yeah, well, and and that's something that's been missing, right? That's something that we've we've not seen consistently probably since 2005. No, they were stupid then, too. Of the team. They were stupid then, too. They had some dumb players in 2005. You can't look at it in rosy glasses. Aaron Rowan was one of the worst base runners I've ever seen. Okay? I brought it up on the show before. Terrible decisions in the playoffs and in the World Series. Uh, You know, there, there were some dumb out there. But overall... There was smart, and I love Aaron Rowan too. I really do. I've met him before. He's a very nice guy. He's been very nice to my kids. Well, yeah. Okay, but like you know, he even admits a couple of boneheaded plays out there. But they were overall smart when they made their decisions. And, and I'm not saying. Well, first of all, if you're looking for a team that is always smart 100 of the time and has zero stupidity on the team, that's gone from a New Year's resolution to going backwards in time to sitting on Santa's lap and saying, "This is what I want, old man." All right, you, you're going to have guys that are a little dunderheaded from time to time, and you're going to have guys that struggle with certain concepts and you know are going to throw to a wrong base here and there, are going to do something dumb on the base pass, are going to get themselves out in a situation where they probably shouldn't have. But overall, right, when they won the championship all those years ago, one of the things we saw that team do was situational baseball, right? Hit behind a runner at second base to get him over to third and then be able to execute getting him in with less than two outs be able to understand what the situation was on the infield and align themselves correctly to play defense to get a guy out. Understanding when you can throw home, for example, with a guy on third base versus, you know, just taking the out and giving up the run. All those things lead to an overall intelligence, an overall baseball intelligence that sometimes has been lacking on the south side of Chicago. It, it just It just has. And it escapes teams, every team in the league from time to time. But this is how you overcome some of the other teams in the AL, right? How are you going to overcome the Guardians to win the division? Well, you have to execute, and you have to play smart baseball. How are you going to overcome the Astros in the playoffs? You have to execute and play smart baseball. Or the Blue Jays, or the Rays, or the Yankees, or whoever you're going to face in the playoffs. You have to execute and play smart baseball. You can't be dumb when it comes to the playoffs. And sometimes you got to be lucky— and sometimes you got to be smart about when to do something incredibly stupid and steal first base in the ALCS and have it work out for you. But there's, you know, overall, yeah, you, you need guys who are, by and large, in the game, have their heads in the game, are thinking situationally, and are not necessarily relying on what the coaches tell them and, the, you know, what your third base coach tells them, what Pedro is going to tell them from the dugout. They still have to execute it, and they have to execute it the right way. And, and that's, yeah, you, you need a, a, you need a baseball IQ for that. Yeah. I think that, I think it's a really important thing. You know, we try to figure out like, how are we going to tell if things are going well? Well, first off, they got to get off to a quick start because the guardians aren't going to come out and flounder. That's a young, hungry team with a really good manager and in, in an organization whose organizational philosophy is shown it's better put together than ours. 
they're able to weather the outside influences of different things going on or injuries or things better than us. We just throw our hands up as an organization and go, oh, we're just, we're just a victim of injuries and circumstances. Okay. So they're not going to stumble. We have a greater chance of coming out of the gate stumbling. We can't. We've got to be, we got to be off and running. That's the first thing I'm looking for. Secondly, I'm looking for smarts on the field. What are they going to be in terms of, uh, you know, team IQ in 23? Is that going to be increased? Because it has to. And then you start looking at individual players, right? And, you know, you mentioned a couple of names right there when we, were, when we brought up Garcia, who I, I know we pick on a lot, but you're right. There's other guys on this team that have contracts that we're kind of stuck with right now. Yohan Mankata hasn't shown you anything at the plate since 2019. And it, COVID legs be damned, that was 2020. What's his excuse now? And you're, you're locked in for an awful lot of money with him. Do I think he can come back and be a serviceable ball player? Yes. I'm going to be watching him very closely. The guy on that list, though, when you rattled off other guys that, like, you know, you're worried about or that we're, we have under contract, who I think could have a much better year is Joe Kelly. You know, I, I every time I hear his name, I think immediately to when Don Paul, former White Sox pitcher, been on this show a couple times, and I asked him specifically about, do you start chasing bad outings at the beginning where your ERA, when, when it's up on the scoreboard, is like an 18 and you're a relief pitcher? And he's like, yes, you do. And he got out of the gate bad, and he was coming off an injury. And he probably felt pressure and he probably didn't handle it as well as you'd want him to. And they're not robots, these players. It's not me like bashing him by saying that. But if I if I saw anybody out there that could make a turnaround, if he's used properly, that's on the coaches. If he's put in the right situations against the right type of hitters for the type of pitcher he is, and he's given an opportunity to to go out there and flourish and he gets off to a good start, that's a guy who I think could make a very quick turnaround on this team. Oh yeah, well, hundred percent, and and I don't think that you can you can discount anything, right? You could very easily have Yoan Moncada show up and, and and remake what his game is going to be. Don't believe it. Okay. Don't believe it. I, I, Not I a don't chance. believe it. I don't believe it. But I'm saying it, it's always there's always that possibility. Now, I haven't heard anything to suggest that that's going to be the case. Okay. Well, I mean, his manager met with him. I mean, they've had conversations, so I'm sure it's all fixed now. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> He'll be in the best shape of his life in spring training. He'll be one of those ones. You know, it looks like he's in the best shape of his life. He's very focused, and <laughs> he's he's just hitting the crap out of the ball, the batting cages. All right, cool. Like, that'll be the hype. That'll be like him and Yasmani. You see him and Yasmani, that, that's what it'll be. They'll be best shape of their life. I don't need disc in my back. Well, did you get it fixed? Don't worry about what I did. Don't worry about my back. Yeah, I, 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 don't, need, I don't need it to swing, squat, or do anything, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Hailstorm Brewing Company, the official brewery of Socks in the Basement, is also on tap over at Cork and Carry and Cork and Carry at the Park. Our proud sponsors. Look at that symmetry right there. Located in Tinley Park at 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue. It's in the middle of like a really growing brewing community out there. There's several breweries out there. Hailstorm leading the way. Craft beer, music, scratch made kitchen. It's a big giant beer hall. And right now they got some specials. Three pack crawlers, $25. Mix and match. $10 discount for a full case of cans. Mix and match. And remember, they're in a lot of local liquor stores. I, I, I see them in Binnie's all the time. Really good brews. And, and they have a, a very extensive list right now up there. So if you decide you want to go out and you want to visit them, just incredible stouts out there. But then they make this, this lager. It's my dad's favorite, American lager called Hotel Life. 
and he's a Miller Lite drinker, and he swears that, by that the is stuff. Good. And if you're not a craft beer guy, and you want to try something that that you know is gonna it's gonna be better than what you like, but it's not going to all of a sudden you're gonna have to jump off a cliff and try something like crazy. Try out Hotel Life. Uh, I know it's on store shelves. Uh, I know that it's over there at the brewery, and it comes highly recommended to me from all the people that aren't real big craft beer nuts, and I enjoy it as well whenever I stop in there. Once again, 8060, 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue. Learn more at hailstormbrewing.com. I went down a rabbit hole on White Sox history this weekend. I don't even know how I did it. I think I'm flipping through Instagram and like something popped up like in a suggested story or whatever. It was all about Buck Weaver. Really? George Buck Weaver was the third baseman for the White Sox when they win a world championship in 1917. He is there during the 1919 Black Sox scandal. When you watch Eight Men Out, he's played by John Cusack and he's the one that didn't do anything to throw the series, but he still gets thrown out of baseball and banned. And I was reading a little bit about Buck. And I, you know, I got angry. It's really weird to me as a fan that I didn't live during this time period. Sure, I saw the movie and I know that John Cusack's portrayal is probably not exactly Buck Weaver because first of all, they don't look very similar at all. I think real Buck Weaver would kick the crap out of John Cusack in a fight in 30 seconds. And that's how I equate everybody. I look at a picture. I'm like, yeah, that guy could take that guy. But <laughs> anyway, I'm reading about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You look at Swede Risberg from back in that era. It's like, nah, oh, those are him. some tough guys. Those guys look like they they hang out with gamblers, don't they? They drink, they smoke, they throw <laughs> yeah, they baseball do. games. That's what they do. Okay. I mean, they, they, nobody was surprised by that. But, but Buck Weaver, it's interesting because I was reading this story. And, you know, when you read about how people were viewing him, even during the trial, even during the World Series, it's not a Hollywood thing that he was an innocent victim who shouldn't have been banned from baseball. Ross Tenney, Cincinnati Post, writes about the World Series at the time. They're hopeless and heartless. The White Sox have a hero, though. He is George Weaver, who plays and fights at third base. Man, you could just hear the old-timey music. And he fights and he... Day after day, Weaver has done his work and smiled. In spite of a certain fate that closed about the hopes of the Sox, Weaver smiled and scrapped. One by one, his mates gave up. Weaver continued to grin and fought harder. Weaver's smile never faded. His spirit never waned. The Reds have beaten the spirit out of the Sox, all but Weaver. Buck's spirit is untouched. He was ready to die fighting. Buck is Chicago's one big hero. Long may he fight and smile. He hit 324 with 11 hits in the 1919 World Series. When the court case occurs, where even though they're acquitted, and Kennesaw Mountain Landis becomes the commissioner because, as the owners knew, they had to have somebody that was lifetime who actually had power over the owners. Wouldn't that be nice again in baseball? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be oh, great? Wouldn't, it? wouldn't yeah. that be great? Okay. But back then, that's what the whole purpose of Kennesaw Mountain Land is. So these kind of scandals never happened again, or at least somebody had like nothing but absolute power. When Landis gets rid of all eight of them, Buck Weaver sues Comiskey for his salary from the 1921 season where he would have played if not being thrown out. And he wins. So Joe Jackson, Shoeless Joe Jackson, does the same thing. And when he wins, Comiskey presents in court all the grand jury testimony from the Eight Men Out case, and Jackson's like salary is reverted back to Comiskey. The judge decides to put away the ruling. And so Comiskey never does that to Weaver. 
So this person that's always been portrayed as extremely cheap in Charles Comiskey, the founder of the Chicago White Sox, never goes after Buck Weaver's salary and actually allows him to be paid for 1921. But he fights all the rest of the players. This guy tried to get reinstated so many times, all the way up until his death, he was basically saying, murderers eventually get out, I got life. And it, it to me, this is one of those things where I just can't understand why 100 years later, Major League Baseball can't correct this, right? Do you think he served his time for something he didn't even commit? Like, I mean, it's it's amazing to me how commissioner after commissioner after commissioner has just doesn't care. And we can sit there and we can have these debates. Like, And I think a lot of this came from the fact that I watched Pete Rose open up a casino or, an, or a gambling place, whatever it was, it was a sports betting place over the weekend in, in Cincinnati. Here's Pete Rose who was thrown out of baseball, who still thinks he should be put back in and put in the Hall of Fame. And he's literally working for gaming industry people. Buck Weaver just was like an, like just, he got caught up in something and then played his heart out. So, I mean, I never want to hear like people sit around and talk about like, oh, you know, I mean, Barry Bonds cheated, but can we, you know, can we just let him in? And Pete Rose, he served his time. Take care of Buck Weaver first, please. All right. I think all White Sox fans should, I mean, that should be your answer in every bar argument that you ever have with anybody about guys that are left out of the Hall of Fame or, you know, or, or that or guys that deserve to be in there, but they're but they've been lifetime banned or whatever it is. If, if you're talking about Pete Rose, if you don't immediately answer back Buck Weaver as a White Sox fan, then then you're you're failing your team. OK, so if, if you've never read about him, sit down and read about him. I knew a lot about him, but I kind of went down a rabbit hole. I was reading like articles on him and, you know, picking up a book and I was like flipping through my one. Yeah, I have all these White Sox history books. I got another one for Christmas. Like people just give me this stuff. They're like, oh, this is great because you got the podcast. You can read it. And I'm like, this is great. But like 90 percent of this I've already read in another book because I have them all. But I, I did it this weekend. For some reason, I got myself right down a Buck Weaver wormhole. Yeah, and, and it's not to say that Buck Weaver belongs in, in the Hall of Fame. I mean, just reinstate know, him. He doesn't need to be in the Hall of Fame. Just reinstate no. him. Just say, just just lift his ban. Okay, so he can rest in peace. He's buried over here on the south side in Mount Hope Cemetery. Just, just, just put like a little like a little thing of flowers there and say, you're back in, Buck. That'd be great. I mean, unfortunately, nobody in his family will ever know. But I mean, we always see these things that people do like that, like are are symbolic. You want to do something goodwill, Major League Baseball? Jerry Reinsdorf, you want to do something goodwill? Buck Weaver. I mean, it'd be the weirdest thing, like for all the things that he could do to make the fan base happy. But wouldn't it be nice if like he he showed us that he knows enough about White Sox history that he'll care about poor Buck? Like I'm calling upon him to do that. Why aren't the White Sox pushing this more? And and here's a beautiful thing for Jerry. It wouldn't cost him anything. No, I mean it wouldn't cost him anything. And then you can, you know, I don't know. You could, I'm sure you could put up. A, you don't have to put up a statue. Don't do that. You could you could open up a Bucks cheese pucks, you know, and just have, have cheeseburgers there. You know, <laughs> I mean, right? Like, yeah, get a food station for Buck. Buck gets a food station, right? Right. Like reinstate him and give him a give him a food station. The uh, Bucky's burritos. All right. I mean, like, yeah. what, who cares? Like, wouldn't it be great? I mean, just do something like that. Little things like that. Like, because that's what they need to start doing. I'll be honest with you. They, they don't need multicolored 42 different price point seat charts like they put out last week. Because now the first 10 rows of the outfield are different from rows 11 on back. Because we've got a nickel and dime because people got angry. And we know that there's been people who dropped their season ticket renewals. And they got to figure out how to, to get as much money as they can out of people. So they release that. Less of that and more of these little things I'd like to see. Or at least if you got to do the if you got to do the cheap things, 
do something else to offset it, right? Little for you, little for me. Let's try to at least keep it even. You know, don't just don't just scream in my face that you don't like us as fans. Like, like pretend, lie to us, lie to us that you care. Also, you could do a Buck Weaver bobblehead where it you push a button on it and it asks, "Did you throw the World Series?" And the bobblehead can only shake its head no. <laughs> should hire us really they should they won't really but they should they should hire us socks in the basement socks in the basement socks in the basement socks in the basement heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socks in the basement.com